You're listening to Average Joe Sports Talk Podcast with your boy E-Man. Yo, what is up, everybody? This is your boy E-Man coming at you. Episode 27, Average Joe Sports Talk. At it one more time, baby. Another week in the grind, baby. Just getting busy. And um, yo, let's get this starting right away. No introduction, nothing like that. But let's get let's get let's get started with some NBA, man. Let's do some NBA. Let's pop into show with some NBA. I usually go NFL first, but I think there's a couple of NBA things I want to hit on and touch upon today. All right, so let's get it. So J.R. Smith decides to. Uh, that he needs to part ways with the Cavaliers because they're not playing hard enough and they're not playing to win. So in other words, JR is saying that the Cavaliers want to tank this season so they could get the number one draft pick. Yo, JR, of course they are. Are you stupid? Yes, you are. You're stupid because you made that stupid play last year, the lost game one for your team. But why wouldn't you? You have no future. I agree with the Cavaliers. Regardless of the fact, JR is out the roster. He hasn't played. They're still figuring it out whether they're going to waive him or trade him, whatever the case may be. And during this whole JR, I want to bounce deal and get away from the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cavaliers go on a two game winning streak by beating two good, really good teams out there. Um, wow. They, they go out there and they go on a two game winning streak. They beat the Sixers and then they also beat the Houston Rockets. This is like the last place team in the league. They have the worst record in the NBA, which. I don't blame them to tank. Right now, they have a bright spot with Colin Sexton. The young bull has been playing really, really nasty. The kid has a really good shooting percentage, 48 from three and 44 overall. For a rookie, that's insane. Uh, it's putting two good back-to-back games. He's the future. He's a good, bright spot for the Cleveland Cavalier. Uh, Seti Osman, you know, second-year player, another good role pieces. They definitely have some good role players and good pieces to put around Zion Williamson when they draft him next year. Or R.J. Barrett. Because he's going to be one of those two cats going to draft. And of course, Kevin Love's still there. The future looks very bright for Cleveland. They should be tanking. Yes, get rid of Jr. man. He's not going to do anything for you anyways. Maybe you get a something, uh, some type of value for him on a trade on a team that wants to contend or something. At least a shooter. Actually, I hear the Lakers are looking for a shooter. So Jr. should probably join the Lakers. Wave him and let, let them pick him up. The future looks bright. I think the young bull Colin Sexton, the young Cleveland point guard. It's going to be doing a lot of alley-oops, man, lobbing a lot of balls up there for, you know, Zion Williams to go out there and just clamp it down next year. But hey, nobody listens to JR anyway. And if they do, they're as dumb as J.R. Smith. What about Vince Carter, man? He scores his 25,000 point last week. Now, this guy's been in the league for 21 seasons now. And in typical Vince Carter, half man, half amazing style, it was a putback dunk. It was a miss with like the last few seconds left in the game. He goes up and just slams it back down. And it happens to be against the uh, Toronto Raptors, the team that he started his career with. The team that he actually had the best highlights. You know, he won multiple dunk contests with them. Uh, you know, I think he was, was a couple of, he won one scoring title too. But Vince Carter is one of the class acts in basketball. He plays the game because he loves it. I mean, he should not, he should have like retired five years ago. But the man is out there still grinding. And you know what? He still goes out there and gives you, you know, 10, 12 points a game. Somebody, I think he's like 40 years old or 41. But Vince is a, one of the most prolific dunkers, one of the best players in the NBA, in the history of the NBA. To me, probably the best dunker I've ever seen. He's up there with Sean Kemp, Dominique Wilkin, on a, from a standpoint of just dunking. Like these guys go up there and they'll clap it on cats. He's one of them. One of the best of all time to ever rise above the rim. And I think a generational dunker who put that dunk contest above, above and beyond 
you know, with some dunks that nobody have ever done. People actually do them now, the between the legs and everything else. That's all because of Vince Carter. But a class act, a gentleman of the game, one of the best players of all time, not just scoring-wise or ability, but also, to me, one of the best dunkers, probably the best dunker in the history of the NBA. So props to Vince Carter, man. You deserve all that, all those 25,000 points. I think the 22nd player ever to do it. Brown, what's up with the Sixers, man? Since acquiring Jimmy Butler, they're 6-2. and two. Yo, this trade actually is benefiting the Sixers, and the Sixers are no joke right now. They're six and two since trading Jimmy, and Jimmy has had two game winners. Two game winners, man. Has hit two game winner shots, two threes. The one against Kemba Walker in that hot ass game against the um, the Charlotte Hornets a, a week ago, and then um, yesterday they 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 he had another two, you know, another uh, step back judgment against Brooklyn. I mean, he's sick, dude. The dude is sick. He's averaging like you know almost thirty points a game. Wow. I mean, one of the losses were to the Cavs, but, you know, hey, they were hot. You know, J.R. Smith said he was going to quit the team. He don't want to play for the team anymore. And, you know, that's just, you know, just an omen. It's just karma, you know. It was going to happen to them. That was a loss. It was going to happen. But they're six and two in the trade of Jimmy Butler. Right now, Jimmy won by getting traded, number one, like I said, a couple of weeks ago from Philly. I mean, from uh, Minnesota to Philly. But I think the Sixers are getting the best trade of the deal. And, you know, J.J. Redick has been playing even better since Jimmy came aboard, uh, on board. So, man, props to the Sixers. They're, they're looking nasty. The Sixers are looking very nasty. And they're right now third in the in the East. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you division wise, but overall in the Eastern Conference Final, they're they're number three. Actually, they have the third best record after the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Raptors are still holding strong at number one. But it's gonna be a dogfight, man. As Jimmy gets more comfortable, and I think they still need a couple of pieces and one more piece to add to that Philadelphia 76ers team. But Jimmy right now is the man and is proving everybody in Minnesota that he was the best player in that squad, just like he said. Just like he trash talking these practice in those practices. Man, I thought Jimmy was crazy or Jimmy was just a little too much. But I guess Jimmy was right. I guess Jimmy Butler was definitely right in saying that you ain't S without me and this team when he was telling Minnesota that during practice and going off. All I know, six and two since Jimmy came aboard, two game winners. They got the player that could actually hit those shots because Ben Simmons can't and neither can Embiid. Embiid can staff it up, man, can go ahead and stuff up that stat sheet. But when it comes to taking the ball in your hands and kind of like, you know, taking over and taking that step back three or that pull-up jump shot to win the game, uh, Jimmy's your man. Jimmy's definitely your man. And you know what? I didn't know how this was going to work out at the beginning because they're, all three players need to have the ball in their hands in order to generate. Just generate all you want during the game, but when it's, when it's crunch time and you're down by two, get the ball to Jimmy because he's going to step back for a three. And so far, that's what Jimmy's been proving. And it's definitely taken Philly to the next level. Yo, it's going to be a dogfight between the Toronto Raptors and Philadelphia 76ers. And hopefully the Boston Celtics who have been like disappearing, a complete disappearing act from last year. Shout out to Jimmy, yo. Jimmy balling. Jimmy playing deep, son. Jimmy playing mad game right now. He is mad balling right now, kid. Balling out of his mind in Philly. And I want to, you know, I, I really don't. Everybody knows that I'm a Knicks fan. You know, I'm from, I'm a New York, New Yorker who lives in Florida, but always been a, brings his team wherever he goes. And yo, man, look, my Knicks are not doing great, but they have won three in a row. What's up with that, baby? My Knicks have won three in a row. That's amazing. I mean, this is a young core, a young bunch of players who don't, I knew was supposed to be have seven games won. And don't get me wrong. They've been competing in every game. If you look at it, they're, they're, they're playing every single game and, and playing the close. Um, they had some couple of bad losses, but you know, they play hard three quarters and the fourth quarters. I don't know what happens. They either run out of gas or whatever the case may be, but yo, listen, they won three in a row, a surprising rookie in Alonso Trier or Trier. I still don't know how to pronounce his name. He's averaging like 12 a game and had a huge game the other night. So they're getting production from the bench. Kevin Knox is still, you know, getting used to the NBA and also he was hurt. I just can't wait for Persingas to get back. We still don't know when Persingas is going to make a return to the Knicks. When Persingas gets back, 
this is going to be an interesting combination with, you know, he played with Cantor last year with uh, Knox coming off the bench. Yo, the new AI, Trey Burke. It's it's going to be nice, bro. And, you know, you can't forget about Hardaway Jr., man. He just taking all the shots, of course, right now because Porzingis is not back. But I want to see if this team makes a run for the playoffs. I'm sorry. Who am I kidding? The Knicks are not going to make the playoffs. They're not even going to make a run. But I do want to see how well Porzingis fences his equation. And he's the biggest if it's going to be his his returning from his ACL injury, which is usually, I don't know how players come back from it. It's, a, it's usually a big question mark. But if he comes back, the same player he started the year last year, yo, watch out. This young buck of teams, man, and that East can actually make a little run and make the eighth seed, all right? Don't don't sleep on the Knicks, man. Don't sleep on my Knicks. I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs with Porzingis or without. But man, it's exciting to watch them because they do run up and down the court. They do uh, hustle for a lot of different shots. They do go up for, for dunks and loose balls. I mean, Cantor had 21 points and 26 rebounds, you know, second 20 plus rebound game of the season. They're playing right now free, man. They're playing free. And for the first time, I believe in Coach Fisdell and his and his type of playing, changing that culture. And the players are buying it. They're drinking that Kool-Aid, bro. They're drinking that Kool-Aid, but it's a good Kool-Aid. It's a culture-changing Kool-Aid that's going to eventually propel the Knicks back to what they used to be back in the heydays of Patrick Ewan, you know? Allen Houston, Latrell Sprewell, you know, my boy, uh, Charles Oakley, Anthony Mason, may you rest in peace, homie. That kind of player, man. Those teams that were actually people that they were scared of. That tough D, but also New York Knicks-style kind of basketball. Fortunately, it's not the 90s, so you got to shoot a lot of threes. But hey, whatever to those days of uh, we're the New York Knicks kind of style, baby. Yeah, man. So why don't we just move on now to some NFL? NBA was a little weak last week, but let's go with the bread and butter, baby, of this week, which is NFL Week 12 Reactions and Takeaways. Yo, so the New Orleans Saints stay super hot and they destroy the Falcons 31 to 17, crushing the Falcons any possible shot of the playoffs. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself because they are in the NFC East. Bree stayed hot, had four touchdown passes to four different receivers, not name Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, or Ben Watson. Those are the receivers that caught pretty much every touchdown. And Traquan Smith, by the way, it was a, it was like four different receivers, four Cab drivers for McDonald's workers, pretty much. These were all like walk-ons in college and people that were, that actually walked on in practice had to, were picked up of waivers through free agency because all these guys were not even drafted. Who the hell is Dan Arnold? Had four receptions and one touchdown. Lewis, one reception for 28 and with the other touchdown. Carr, one reception for 12 yards and a touchdown. Kirkwood, one reception, five yards and a touchdown. Bro, it was insane how Breeze toyed with the Atlanta Falcons. And they are 10 on a still in a 10-game winning streak. Right now, the Saints are the number one team in the NFL. Remember what I said last week. Saints, Rams, and Chiefs, the rest of the leagues are pretenders. But I think the Saints with this win take over the number one spot. And Drew Breeze is hot, baby. It is He is hot. And I think he's top go-getter for the MVP race right now. It's going to be a tight MVP race between Mahomes and the other cats. But man, what is Brees eating, bro? He's eating something healthy that's making him play this good. Damn. He's just balling out of his mind. And the Saints just, you know, made it look easy again on Thursday night. Made him look real easy. There's no way that 
a team right now can beat the Saints. They're so hot, it's not even funny. And when they beat the Rams, they, they made their statement. They definitely drew their statement, and you can't go wrong with that squad, bro. Right now, they are favored to win it all, in my book. And the Browns win again, bro. Oh, my gosh. Holy cow. What is up with the Browns winning again? They got four wins. They're four, six, and one. Can you believe that? Yo, the Browns are four, six, and one. When did you ever thought you were going to say that? And let me tell you something. That's two wins, or I think it's three wins, right? Two or three wins since they uh, fired Hugh Jackson. And Hugh Jackson comes back this week as he was picked up as the offensive coordinator uh, for the Bengals. And he comes back to, you know, they come, they're playing the, they play the Bengals this week, which they annihilated 31 to 20. Those 20 were garbage points that they scored in the second half because it, it was 28 to 7 at halftime that's how bad that's how bad they were shellacking them you know you can see that Hugh Jackson is calling really good plays for the Bengals as well uh but Baker Mayfield had his best game as a pro 19 for 26 four touchdowns no turnovers uh best game as a pro so far Nick Chubb has blown up has balled out since they traded Carlos Hyde since Hugh Jackson got fired I think Nick Chubb has like six touchdowns since they started using him in the offense he had two more touchdowns again last week, 84 rushing yards, and then he had a receiving touchdown as well. So I just don't get it. He had 44 receiving yards. They're using him in the passing game and in the running game, but they were not using him at all. I thought Nick Chuck was going to be a bust. The fact it was that, yo, they were not using him right. Hugh Jackson is a complete moron. I know he wasn't running the plays, but there's a reason why. This team is playing much, much better without Hugh. And when the coach gets fired and the interim coach is not even going to be the one, they're going to entertain probably next season to be the head coach because they're probably going to go on a hunt. They're going to go recruit a real coach and they win a couple of games like this. It's insane. And total disrespect by whoever the corner cornerback was that places that interception, goes to the sidelines, gets to Hugh Jackson. Hugh Jackson, of course, smacks his you know, helmet. Hey, buddy. Yo, thanks a lot, man. Get the hell out of here, bro. Hugh, boy, disrespecting you, man, because you suck as a coach. So it doesn't matter. He sucks as a coach. Anybody that goes one in like 32 should never coach again in the NFL, but he did get a job with a rival team across, you know, in the same division. Like Baker said, we throw a little shade. You guys, you know, he told reporters that you can make anything happen, but I don't think anything of Hugh Jackson going across town to the Cincinnati Bengals and for a team that we play twice a year who are our rivals. You could do whatever you want, but all I know is that we got the right plays being called. Damn, it's a little shade out there throwing Hugh Jackson from Baker Mayfield. I still think he has a lot of Donnie, uh, Johnny Manziel in him anyway. But hey, they're playing good. Remember I said they might win four or five games? They might over overshoot my prediction of winning four or five games for the Browns. I'm telling you, man, they should bring back the coolers and start the butt lights again, bro. Like this this thing is gonna be a it's gonna be a trend. But man, it was a decisive win. Hadley Dalton game went down with an injury and there's an injury reserve right now. And what about Bruce Arians, man? He actually said the former Arizona Cardinal coach Bruce Arians said in an interview that if he comes out of retirement from broad you know, comes out of retirement and quits broadcasting, go back into coaching, he said that he would not like on any other job but the Cleveland Browns. With the pieces his team have has right now. Baker, Chubb, Duke, you don't need any more running running backs than that. Landry, you might need to add another receiver. Anjoko is a great tight end. It was an insane play how they carried him into the end zone with this touchdown. And you add another wide receiver in there in that mix, keep showing up that defense, this team can become a contending team. You know, Baker is, if you put the right pieces around Baker, which I think this is, he has the best tools of any rookie quarterback. Baker has the best receivers, the best line, the best defense, best running backs out of Josh Rosen, out of uh, Sam Donald has nobody, and Josh Allen, forget about it. Um, so I think it is what it is. They, they're pulling the pieces around him. This team can win. If they bring Bruce Arians, it might put this team over the top to become a legitimate uh, winning, winning organization. Not a contender, but a, at least they could make the playoffs. And of course, my G-Men, you know, the tale of two halves is what I call last week's game. Again, I didn't think the G-Men were going to make the playoffs because season has been done for over three weeks now. But we lose 25-22. to 22. 
how the hell do we go from having a decisive lead in the first half, right? 20, you know, 19 to 11. And we have a total of 346 yards in the first half. Saquon Barkley had two, over 200 purpose yards in the first half. A rushing touchdown, a 675-yard run, a receiving touchdown. And then in the second half, we could only muster 49 freaking yards against the Eagles, who have a weak secondary. And Saquon touches the ball, I think, four or five times. For the first time all season, I'm going to agree with prima donna, high maintenance, Odell Beckham Jr. Still don't like you, kid. But when he threw shade at the coaches saying that I wanted to attack the secondary, which the Eagles have been giving up points like crazy, especially the week before against the Saints, but it wasn't in the plans, I kind of agree with him. Pat Sherman has lost this team since the fourth week. And what the hell was that in the second half? Your best player is Saquon Barkley. and He's only going to touch the ball four freaking times. Come on. Keep throwing more, more, you know, more salt in the wound, baby. More insult to injury. Let's keep making this a shittier season over and over again. Come on, man. We could, we, we had a chance to, you know, we'll get to four wins. That's pretty cool, right? I'll take that. Four and seven. I'm not saying we're going to sneak in and win that division, which is a crapshoot. And there was a small possibility because six and five as the 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 um the Dallas Cowgirls and the Washington Redskins are tied right now, six and five, after Dallas spanked them um in Thanksgiving. We and the Philadelphia would have been, you know, four and six, four and seven. I'm sorry. We would have been tied with four and seven as well. Still would have been some we still play each other one more time against Dallas, one more time against the Redskins. I know you never know. I didn't think it was gonna happen. I was not making myself believe that the Giants were gonna make the playoffs, but what the hell, man? How do you go from having 346 total freaking yards offensively in the first half and your stud running back, your best player, he's your best running back and your best freaking receiver. It's going to touch the ball four freaking times. I don't get it. You attack, attack, keep attacking, especially that secondary when you have talented receivers in Shepard and OBJ. Can't stand OBJ. But I have to agree with him. What the hell was the coaching staff thinking? Who the hell was calling plays? Pat Sherman needs to go. Along with Eli, too, which is probably going to retire next year. That's all I got to say about my freaking Giants, who they suck week after week. The worst team money can buy because it was a money, a lot of money was spent in this team this offseason. For real, man. For real. I, that's it. I'm, I'm over. I'm over the freaking Giants. And, you know, the Ravers are 2-0 on their, uh, their rookie quarterback who started the last two games, Lamar Jackson. Everybody and their mother is flashing signs. Oh, man, Lamar Jackson. Yo, yo, he look how flashy he is. Oh, look, they won two games. Oh, Flacco has to go, man. You know, it doesn't matter. Thanks for the championship, Flacco. But the future is Lamar Jackson. You know, they, you, you did, you know they, the team did move down to draft Lamar Jackson. I think it was number 19 or something like that. Everybody's been screaming Lamar Jackson uh, to start, you know, to get up there. Guys, this picture I've seen before. This movie has been replayed. This may be the sequel. But this is all too familiar to Tim Tebow and the Broncos, all right? When Kyle Horton went down and Tebow went in and all of a sudden you had Tebow who can't throw for Jack, have a seven-game winning streak, and he was just running all over the field. Lamar Jackson's another Team Tebow, even better of an athlete. And Tebow's a sick athlete, but this guy's a complete freak of nature, athlete, athletic-wise. I mean, he's fast, jumps. I mean, he does everything right, but actually throw a football, which is a quarterback. That's why a lot of people wanted him to get in and turn himself into a wide receiver because of his speed. But look. He's running the crap out of the ball. First game that he started had like, you know, over 100 rushing yards. Uh, this game himself, he had 71, 71 more rushing yards. Listen, they're playing a style, a college style offense, running the option like he was, like he did in college. And everybody and their mother is running like crazy. Gus Edward, another over 100 yard game like he did last week. 
Montgomery, 51 yards. So they had a total of 242 rushing yards as opposed to 174 passing yards. Had two picks this time. They are accommodating his mediocre passing game to his true strength, which is the athleticism and running the football. It's what he did in college. It's Tim Tebow all over again. He would not be in the league in five years. Lamar Jackson, mock my words, will not be starting. He may be in the league. Let me take that back. But he's not going to be starting in five years. Right now, it looks like Flacco is going to have a new home next year. And your new starting quarterback is Lamar Jackson. Because I don't think they're taking the kid out unless he poops the bed really, really heavy. And, you know, in the five games uh, remaining in the season. Again, I've seen this movie before. It's a flash in the pan. Everybody loves the flashiness of a running quarterback, man, because he looks so good. It looks so elusive. I mean, it, it, is, it is exciting when somebody just breaks away like that, but he can't stand in that pocket, bro, and release it as quick as Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes, Drew Brees, or make those decisions. Running quarterbacks, man, don't last, especially when their biggest strength is just running and no passing. Big difference from uh, Cam Newton, who can run, no doubt about it, but can also pass that damn ball, all right? There's been a lot like that in the history. He, he's more of a Tim Tebow than he is a Cam Newton. Nowhere near the cam status, but definitely old Tim Tebow. Just, just a freak of nature when it comes to athleticism. So people, let's start drinking the Kool-Aid and let's put the anointment oil away because this is just a flash in the pan, a temporary Band-Aid. Sorry, Baltimore, but it is what it is. Know what I'm saying? Bro, and the San Diego Chargers, man, are, they're making a run. They're eight and three. They completely shellacked a really bad Arizona team, which, you know, I don't, they did what they were supposed to do. I'm not giving them credit. I'm only bringing this up this week on this game is because, you know, Rivers did complete 25 straight freaking passes tied an NFL record. That's pretty impressive. The 25th pass, you know, consecutive pass was a touchdown. He's been the one of the most underrated QBs in the NFL. He's going to make the, the Hall of Fame for sure. He's always up there in the top lead, top 10 in passing and touchdowns. Now, Belma Gordon went down in this game, so that's going to be tough for them. It's really going to be bad for, uh, Phillip Rivers is going to affect his game, but he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks of all time. He'll make the playoffs, and they'll get bounced in the first round. But they are making a nice run. They're definitely one of the best pretenders of the year, alongside the Steelers, who, again, lost to a crappy Denver team. I don't know why Steelers are losing games like this. These are games you win. Pretty bad game. Pretty bad game for the Steelers. But the Chargers are pretenders, but they are one of the nicest pretenders following and taking a step back to the three-header monster of the Saints, the Rams, and the Chiefs. And last night, the Green Bay Packers, boy, stick a fork in the Packers, man. They're officially done for the season. Found the Packers. Do a couple of things first for the rest of the season. Just go ahead and rest Aaron Rodgers for the rest of the season. Don't make him play anymore. You're out of it already. Don't even bother. I know he's competitive, but he's banged up. He's been playing banged up all year long. Don't risk the $150, 30000000 million contract you gave him. All right? Sit Rodgers down for the rest of the season, guys. All right. You're starting your coach. Get rid of his ass. Start looking for a new coach because McCarthy, Mike McCarthy is in the hot seat and should be in the hot seat. And for God's sakes, ownership, front office. I know you spend a lot of money on Rodgers, so you have no more else to spend on anybody on any other pieces. But you need to find some money next year, man, and and spend some money on some receivers for this cat. Apart from Devante Adams and Jimmy Graham, who's like, he's, he's washed up already. Forget about Jimmy Graham. But apart from Adams. He's throwing the balls to a whole bunch of rookies, second rounders, third round receivers who are not worthy of his presence. Okay, it is what it is. Stick a fork in the in the uh, Packers. They're done for the season. It's time to just let Rodgers rest and prevent any injuries. And that's it, man. They're four and six and one. Uh, yeah, they're also four six and one. On the flip side, you know, um, Kirk Cousin finally won a game in primetime. He's been like zero for five. 
every primetime game, but he actually came through last night. And it's about them time, right? It's about them time he does. But um, they're still alive. That division is everybody's following the Bears. And the Bears won on Thursday, which, you know, their quarterback, starting quarterback went down and the backup, Chase Daniels, the highest paid backup in the league, led their team to a victory. So the Bears are 8-3. and three. Another great pretender. Another nice pretender story. They play a really bad Lions team, so they should won. It's all defense. But yeah, you know, they, they play... Um, they should be able to come back and win. They should be able to win that game. But they're 8-3. and three. So another nice pretending team chasing after the Saints, the Chiefs, and the Rams. Yo, that's it for um, Week 12. Those were my takeaways and, um, and reactions to Week 12. That's why I thought it was important to me. I'm not even going to react on the Monday night game, which currently right now is 21-10. Uh, the Texans are leading the Tennessee Titans, which Tennessee Titans are just a complete mess. So doesn't matter. This is not an important game. Uh, right now, it looks like they're going to go for their eighth win. The Texans are going to go for the eighth win in a row because they're leading 21-10. And, you know, it's a pretty nice game. So I'm not even going to react on this game. This is how much reaction you're going to get. But I am going to close the show with a top five segment. Haven't done a top five in a few in a few minutes, man. It's been a while. But I want to, since it's week 12, I am going to give you my top five MVP candidates for the 2018 NFL season. Week 12, I'm going to give you my top five candidates who I think are going to win, are going to, are in the hunt for the MVP uh, award in the NFL. Without further ado, baby, your top five is next. Average Joe Sports Talk Top 5. So here we go, baby, my top five NFL MVP candidates so far. And this is week 12, and this is who I got, man. Let me start at the bottom at number five. I got Todd Gurley at number five. Hey, he has 17 touchdowns, 13 rushing, four receiving. He's number two right now in rushing yards, only like 30 yards behind uh, Zeke Elliott. And he was off, you know, this is bye week this week, so he's going to pass Zeke this year. He's probably going to lead the league in rushing yards. Also has 43 receptions and 441 receiving yards. So this kid has almost 1,500 all-purpose yards with 17 touchdowns. We got five weeks left, man. First bad game of the year year was last week when they played the um, Kansas City Chiefs. So far, he's my number five. There's no doubt about it, bro. You got to give this kid. It's getting not, man. At number four, Andrew Luck, man. I got Andrew Luck as the number four candidate for the MVP this year. I mean, what can you say about comeback season, Andrew Luck, bro? 32 touchdowns, 11 INTs. I mean, in two of those INTs interceptions came in last week against the the Dolphins, which were two stupid throws. I mean, one of them one of them was okay. He, you know, what's his name? Xavier went and played it really, really well. But come on, comeback season for Andrew Luck. 32 TDs, 11 interceptions with a team that he only has one good receiver and his name is T.Y. Hilton, who's been hurt most of the year. After that, he's been doing it without nothing. Good line, though, and a decent uh, offensive-minded coach in uh, Frank Reich. So so they're contending, and they're, they're making a, a run for the playoffs. So that says a lot also about Andrew Luck and that team and that comeback season so far. Moving on to number three, Jared Goff. What can you say about Jared Goff leading the best offense in the league? He has 26 touchdowns and six interceptions. But what he did against KC, put him in the conversation for MVP. Because that game, there was no Todd Gurley. It was all up to him, and the dude bowled out. Six interceptions, come on. Under 10 interceptions, 26 touchdowns, great ratio. I mean, he has 113 quarterback rating. What can I say? Andrew Luck has 102. Drew Brees, 127. For real, man. He is having a monster season. So 26 and 6. The team is 10 and 1. Ridiculous. Re-freaking-diculous. At number two, Patrick Mahomes. Cannon arm, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, come on, man. First year starting, they're 9-2. and two. 
The Chiefs are 9-2. and two. This kid has 37 freaking touchdowns on the unpaced to break Peyton Manning's single-season record of 55. And I think if he does this, kid's going to get the MVP. He has 10 interceptions, but whoa, bro, he has 37 touchdowns. That's insane. He's a 10-391 pass. It's really insane. This kid is the truth and deserves to be in the, in the conversation of the MVP race so far for this year at number two. And at number one, for me, who should, if the season ended right now today, Drew Brees would be the MVP. 10-game winning streak. Beat the Rams. Has beat all the good teams out there. He has 29 touchdowns, only two interceptions. Sick. 127 quarterback rating. Sick. Michael Thomas has grabbed 80 of 90 reception attempts. Again, sick. 10-game winning streak by his team. Sick. Drew Brees is probably having his best season as a pro, most likely. Sick. So here you go, folks. Closing out the show with my top five NFL MVP candidates. So if the season ended today, your boy Drew Brees will be his number one, will win the MVP. Patrick Mahomes is the number two. Jared Goff at number three. Andrew Luck at number four. And Todd Gurley at, at number five. That's all I got for you this week, folks. Thank you for listening. As always, if you're a new listener, go ahead and subscribe. Every week, man, I haven't missed a week yet. I pop open a new episode. Hit a couple of likes down low. Hey, follow me on Twitter. All my links to my social media is down below in the description box. Subscribe to the channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Holler at me on Twitter, man. That's where I do all my updates. I like to tweet a lot. I'm not an excessive tweeter, but if you have anything, go ahead and direct message me. If you want me to cover anything, talk about anything in the show, more than gladly, go ahead and cover it. It's your boy, E-Man. Thank you again so much for listening. You keep downloading and listening. Your boy's going to come back week after week. And y'all, let me tell you something. My downloads are rising week after week. And I want to thank you all for all my um, loyal listeners, the ones that keep coming back every week, and all the new listeners that are taking an interest on the podcast. Your boy, E-Man, signing out. Peace. Oh.